0: Listening to the Detroit Red Wings alumni show.
1: Red Wings trying to get the sweep. Three seconds left. Into the zone. The Detroit Red Wings on the stand. Back two minutes. McCarty up over the line. McCarty got by it. 94. What a
2: play, Dan McCarty made. Now we got a fight. Dominic. Oh, and who is he involved with?
1: Looks like that's John Gruden. That's the first time I've ever seen Medic in a fight. Seconds away from successfully defending the Stanley Cup, the Detroit Red Wings. Their bench up, Osgood with his arms up over his head coming out. The Detroit Red Wings have won the
3: Stanley Cup
2: for the second year in a row. A long shot in on the
4: new goaltender, Eddie Mio, in goal. Look at that old school mask, that's something. He's a brave man. Hey that patching out, he's in. Six cars!
3: Coaster and Probert, though. That's the main one here. These are good friends who rarely ever see Coaster and Probert. Go at it. most of the former Red Wings. So Stanley for Detroit 2002. Yes, sir. From the Detroit Red Wings, their offensive catalyst, number 25,
0: welcome left winger John O'Grodnick. Go to
5: And welcome to episode 22 of the Detroit Red Wing alumni podcast. I am in studio today. With God forbid, Eddie Mio has made his appearance today, and of course the incomparable one, Eddie, and of course Art. That was mine. So it is episode twenty-two, and we're we've got a pretty full uh, lineup today, and we're going to start hey, with number twenty-two, Mike Knubel. Mike, how are you?
2: I'm good, guys. How you guys doing?
5: I uh, can't complain. Nobody cares. You know, one of the first questions that Art already asked me was, you know what? Mike played for U of M. Why is he not playing for the Michigan Wolverines instead of the Red Wing alumni? What's your answer to that, Knuckles?
2: It's a good question. Uh, it's nice to be wanted by both. Actually played way more games at Michigan than I did in Detroit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know Scott's got a bunch of his buddies there and uh, more room for those guys to get out there. Look like I saw their roster today; they got a lot of guys trying to get on the ice. So um, you know, hey, I win either way. I really don't care. You so, know what? It, uh, I'll it, go with uh, I, yeah.
5: It's funny that you mentioned that because you spent essentially five years in the Red Wings organization and you played a total of sixty-two NHL games. In the rest of your career, you had a thousand right how did that match up
2: yeah i know it's actually not five years like three years probably year year and three quarters in the minors and a year and a quarter up i would like to stay longer i wish i played five years there but uh um yeah i know i mean it was at the time it was a great start you know i was a michigan kid coming out of michigan it was very convenient nice little story uh taking shape you know and so uh uh, but things didn't work out. I got to be around for those Stanley Cups, but things didn't work out, and I ended up being the odd guy out. I really hadn't established myself enough uh, in Detroit, but got a chance to go to New York City and play every day, and then uh, kind of my career went from there. So uh, it was fun. I enjoyed uh, you know, I, I enjoyed uh, the places we got to play, the people we got to meet, and uh, I, I don't think I would change a thing.
3: But also, Mike, uh, knowing that the same thing happened to me a little bit, but you know, being in that organization also gave you a name for other NHL clubs, and that's 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 a good start. Starting with Detroit, and then obviously your career uh, ending. So uh, a thousand games is great. Are you kidding me? That is yeah. a, that's fantastic.
2: Yeah, no, you're right, Eddie. You you know that's a good point. You know, because uh, even though I was a young guy, uh, didn't play. You know, they they won in '97. I didn't play that series, but I made the team the next year and then played a little bit in the first round. But like you say, you're, you're tied to the organization. You're tied to the fact that they kept you around and, and, uh, you know, thought, thought highly enough of you to keep you there. Now, uh, you know, being a young guy, it was great. You know, teams are constructed different now than they were back then, back then, you know, you had, I mean, there were seven or eight hall of famers, I think, uh, on Detroit's roster. And so your job was to keep your eyes open and your mouth shut, you know, and pay attention to what they're saying and, and what they were doing and, I just think it really laid the groundwork. And even moving to New York, guys like Adam Graves and John McClain, they helped in that process too. But, yeah. you know, the groundwork was there with, uh, you know, guys like Steve and Brendan and, and of you know, Larry Murphy, the veteran guys, Igor, all the Russian guys, you know, all those veteran guys that have been around a long time. And so you're, you're, you are best uh, set to keep your mouth shut, like I said, and your eyes open.
3: And, and, uh, and, and learn from what them. was going on. Yeah, and you, and you learn from them. I know the the Oilers of the 80s did the same thing with their young guys uh and and, and and that's why a lot of young guys might have not played in the Euler days but then went on to have great careers so so that's a that's a tribute that's a good good start mike i want to get
6: back to saturday's game very quickly could we and i'm i'm not saying it's going to happen but maybe at the halfway mark of the second period uh first whistle uh that you switch jerseys and play for the other team
3: we, uh, might, we, to get might we might trade him. We might trade
5: him. No, I just <laughs> know he's going to trade you, noobs. <laughs> no, you know what? That was Art Regner for the record saying that.
6: <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Oh, you know, okay, I, you know, is it Art? Sorry, yeah, 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 it yeah, That's yeah. all right, Mike. No, what I'm saying actually is, Mike, is is that you know you're wearing the red. You, you know you're wearing the red and white. And, you know, red's not a real popular color in Ann Arbor, but, uh, you wear that. That's right. And then, and then at the. It's scarlet. At the, yeah, scarlet. And then at, the, not the blood scarlet, red. Scarlet, yeah. yeah, yeah, not the blood red that the wings wear. And then, you know, red comes out and hands you, hands you, you know, a Michigan jersey and, uh, <laughs> at center ice. And then you play for the Wolverines.
3: Hey, Art, have you looked at our lineup? We need noobs, okay? <laughs> <laughs> have you looked at our lineup? You know, these, some of these well, Michigan kids, they just graduated last year. I'll guarantee you but, there's some kids that just but, graduated but Ed, last year. Yeah, but, Eddie, because you're you're full of political correctness, as we know, uh, you, you know that
6: at, at halftime of the Michigan-Michigan State game, you know, the governor walks across the field and goes to the other team's side, or the other team's sideline, so half and half. I, uh-huh. I was just saying that, you know, maybe Mike, being a Michigan kid and a Michigan— uh, uh, alumnus of the University of Michigan, that maybe that might be a, a a thing that you consider. All kidding aside, I wanted to ask you the first question I ever asked you when you were a Red Wing, and you were got really kind of pissed off at me, and I didn't mean it that way because <laughs> I was a I was a big proponent, as I always have been, of college hockey. There was when you broke in in college collegiates were starting to make their move in the nhl certainly it's not where it is today where i think 35 to 40 percent of the league are 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 college players i said mike one of the reasons that they say that the transition from college to the nhl is a little tougher is because and this is the question i asked you is because you wear a full face mask for insurance purposes in college i mean the and that that when you take that off and you just have a helmet on, you're not fully protected as you are in college, In that it takes a little bit to get used to it. And you took, and I said, do you think that that's true? And I meant just to get used to not playing with a face shield. Not that you were soft. You took it as I was soft, and you were like, I mean, you came back at me like, whoa, dude, I graduated from Michigan. Don't, you know, I mean, I, I know who you are. I'm a fan of yours, but... uh let me ask you then. <laughs> easy on this art no, no. easy. No, yeah. no Mike Knoebel story is great because he went from basically, a, a, an unknown as a freshman to what did you lead as a senior? You led the nation. in was it power play points or power play goals in college? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I was lucky to. I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but, uh, yeah, you know, I had scored a decent amount of goals. I was there. I was lucky, but yeah, you're right No, I know. I get what you're saying though. I get what you're saying. It, it does take a little bit. I think, uh, you know, now kids and the, you know, the kids who come up to the USA child, they're in half shield. Then they got to put the mask back on. Now when they turn pro again, you know, obviously it's mandatory uh, everywhere. There's a few guys grandfathered in right now, but you know, to your point back in the day, it was a little bit like, yeah, you, if you came out and you had a half shield on, it was, yeah, you know, it might've had a little bit of a stigma. So you come out as a new player and you, you know, that's kind of my thinking is a little more macho to not wear one uh, to not wear a mask. And yeah, it does. I mean, I, I, you know, Every time I shave, I look at the bottom of my chin. I learned really fast how not to play (laughs) with a face mask because my chin, it was constantly cut and constantly stitched up, and I look at it, I still bear the scars today. Um, But uh, I am glad that the NHL, and I didn't wear a mask in my whole career, you know, and I mean, I can kind of knock on wood post-career that, you know, pucks would hit me in the shoulders, even, you know, getting hit on the side of the forehead or just grazing past my uh, ears. Um, But for the long run, you know, it, it, for for these young guys these days, it's absolutely the right thing to, to help protect them and for, for their careers and help to protect them from their own stupidity. Now, times were different a little bit back uh, when I started. I played against Craig McTavish, who still didn't even have a helmet, right? He was <laughs> yeah. still playing when I yep. came in. The league, he was so. the last guy. I so, yeah. how far things have come since then. So,
6: so do you, are you surprised at the evolution of the collegiate player who uh, now is, uh, is an everyday force in the NHL?
2: No, because I think, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it, you know, like you said, it's got a lot more respect, you know, overall, I think you have better, you have better coaching. I think uh, the kids that, that get in there, they see it as a true pathway to the NHL. I think um, maybe even, you know, before my time, not so much like it was when I came through, it was kind of coming together. The college route was starting to get pretty defined and a lot more established, but you still probably had a lot of naysayers who are like, ah, he's a college puke, uh, you know, scouts or whatever. <laughs> ah, he's a, you know, college this, college that doesn't really, you know, my question you, is he really a hockey player or is he a guy who just kind of plays hockey? Um, but now these days, I mean, it's, uh, you know, everything's evolved. Again, the college game's involved and the respect of scouts, it doesn't hold the player back. One way or another, there's not a scout that I've seen in, in, in on the other side of pro hockey here in my last three, four years that that has ever said I, I look down on a guy because he's been in college. So it's a... Yeah. Uh, um, it's, uh, it certainly grabbed a foothold in, in pro, pro hockey as well as, as a real good path to get to the NHL.
3: I think it was a little different, though, too, Mike. When I got out of college, it was, uh, there was hardly any college players going to the NHL. But, right. uh, the NHL wasn't around yet, shut Eddie. Shut <laughs> But I I think you went to college I think, Eddie? and I graduated with a B average. But my, my point is I think it was more not not because you had to wear the mask and all that. I think it was because of the travel. The the junior kids, they they had 62, 65 games back then, bussing it, getting back on the bus, practicing in the morning, and it was more like an NHL uh schedule when they got out of sure. juniors. Into the, into the minors, at least. More NHL that. ready. M- more NHL ready. Yeah. And I think, it, it, I, and, but you're right, Art. It, it, you know, a lot of guys in the NHL thought, oh, you're wearing a, the, the mask the and all thing, that, yeah, the whole thing. Your but in, I you I think will be playing football. Uh, yeah. You know? As far as the scouts and the coaches, I think you were more prepared coming out of junior back then. And now college players travel a little bit more and, and the game is more, more uh, apt, uh, to adjusting right away. And, uh, hey, Let's look at Zach Rowinski for God's sakes. You know, the kid it, stepped it, in and as a Mr. B, is nineteen years old. So, you know, it's it's completely changed and I think you're right, Mike. The coaching is, is a lot better, uh, and and the games playing are playing are a lot more competitive and all that. So
2: Mike, speaking well, of yeah, coaching just, just real quick, just to finish your point. Also i d I've seen it here in Grand Rapids, like we have a game tonight in Grand Rapids. We've got a kid from Harvard, kid from Cornell, a kid from Brown. And like all these guys, I mean they ended up here's what it does, and it bought me, it was, it was time. It bought some guys time to turn turn yourself into a player. Now, these guys are 20-year-old, 19, 20-year-old freshmen, and then playing until they're 23, and then it buys that time for you to develop, get stronger and mature, and now these guys are actually making money, decent money in the American League and have a chance to play in the NHL again. So I think that's another thing. It, it buys you quality time uh, for guys who aren't, like, ready to go at age 20.
6: Well, you know, Mike, I mean, with, with those kids playing, I guess Grand Rapids' GPA must be through the roof. <laughs> yeah, we got a bunch oh, of Ivy oh, scientists. Well, oh. <laughs> no, seriously, I mean, you're talking Ivy League right there.
3: Well, yeah, with yeah, that, I know. Oh. Hey, wait a minute. Colorado College was the Harvard of the West. Okay, oh. so you just remember that. <laughs> I think that's what they call Michigan. When Eddie says that he went
5: to college, we always ask, was it barber or clown?
6: Bartender. There we <laughs> go. There we go. Eddie can mix a drink. I know that. You know, just a yeah, couple
5: yeah. of quick things. We're running short on time again, and we appreciate Mike Knubel calling in. Um, with you coaching with Grand Rapids since about 2014, do you envision yourself going to the NHL, or would you like to take over a college program?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm still a couple of years from that. I still got, you know, I, I do, uh, I kind of go part-time status here in, in Grand Rapids. Uh, I got two boys playing and a daughter between. So my young guy's 12, and, Anybody that's into travel hockey knows that's a grind, and so we're all over the place doing that. And so uh, maybe as the ages out a little bit, I, I I'm not sure. I kind of just take it year by year here, and um, I'm enjoying the time here. It's a lot of fun. It's been great to know Jeff Blashaw when he was coaching here, and now Todd Nelson, who I've known for 20 years prior anyway before he got the job here. But um, you know, in, in the Detroit Red Wing organization, it's a lot of fun to be tied to them and. And working with a young guy so i don't know i kind of just roll with it and see where i where i have i really haven't thought about my long term here i kind of just take it year to year until my kids age out here out of school
5: well we're glad to have you definitely with the alumni again and my favorite mike knubel story is his first game essentially with the red wing alumni we were out in the uh, lansing waverly area and that was the first time i had a chance to meet him right and i think it was what probably three four weeks later mike you were back playing for philadelphia
1: yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, dabbled with you guys and decided to go back. and nah, I like the NHL better. That's right. That's, that, that's sure. two guys
3: yeah. we put back in the NHL Kosher and Kanubo from the alumni. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Remember? And Joey Kosher did it too. Joey's and, playing beer leagues,
1: exactly.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. and, and Joey won, and won
3: Stanley Cups.
2: Yeah, and he, he won, won the Stanley hard.
3: Cup, yeah. 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 So, Thank the alumni for that, course. Mike. Yeah, his story's a little better
5: than mine. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I love your story. I think it's a great story. Anytime we can have a U of M 100 goal scorer throughout his career on our show, it's always a privilege. Mike, we look forward to seeing you on Saturday. And, you know, thanks for all that you do with the alumni, and I'm sure we'll be in touch. You bet. We'll
2: see you guys all Saturday, okay? Yeah. Thanks, thanks
5: Mike. Mike. Thanks, guys. All right. With that, and for the record, I just want to clarify that, I wasn't necessarily wrong. According to the Hockey DB, he started in 94 with Adirondack and then he left Detroit after the 98 season. So essentially it was five seasons that he had in the organization. You can roll back the tape and there was only a total of 62. Yeah, but games.
3: did he play the whole, did he, did he just go to Adirondack after the last game in Michigan? Uh,
5: he did. Very good, Eddie. So Very that's
3: good. That's not really a year. Yeah, he Very was a good. See, he was
6: a And see I see, didn't have a computer to do that. Signed with Detroit and then and then went and they signed him to yeah. Adirondack. Yeah. That is what He's you
5: call him. institutional memory. Well,
6: you know, his story is great. I think and I you know, I was going off the top of my head that he uh he was a walk on pretty much almost at Michigan yes, or it was. And you know? And by the time he was a senior, he was one of the leading scorers in the United States in college hockey.
5: Scored seven goals his freshman year, 38 his senior year. And I think the most important thing before we go to the break, he had 60 points his senior year. He had a total of 62 penalty minutes. With that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got another addition to the Red Wing alumni, Dave Coulier.
7: For years, you've been hearing me talk about the benefits of laser therapy at Pain-Free Life Centers of Michigan. But don't take my word for it. I brought a guest in to talk to you today, former Detroit Tiger pitcher, Dave Rosema. So Dave, talk about your experience at Pain-Free Life Centers.
8: Everybody knew my karate kick from 35 years ago. I've had a lot of knee pains. I came to you. Jeff, after a few treatments, made it feel better and stronger. And then I come back for another therapy.
7: Dave, how long did it take for you to notice a difference in your pain level?
8: The first day. The comfort level, the warmness, flexibility in my knee, it gives you a positive attitude. Emotionally, I felt better because I'm a golfer. I like to work out. It let me do these things. And the most important thing, I felt less pain.
7: So, Dave, what would you tell the listeners to do to try to avoid the drugs, the injections, and the surgeries?
8: If you're suffering from pain, try Pain-Free Life Centers because it helped me. Call 248-879-1100 or visit Life Centers. I'm Thad Zot with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the
2: D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people.
5: No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at 17.9. dollars we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But
2: dealsinthed.com is on 24-7, 65.
5: Get there!
0: Did you know your company has an image problem? Seriously, right now, as customers are visiting your website, chances are your organization needs to look much better than it does. Standing out from the competition is important. Looking professional is critical. First impressions are everything. As a leader, no one knows this better than you do. You know you must look your very best. Well the solution is United Photoworks. United Photoworks is a Detroit-based photography agency with the talent, experience, equipment, and knowledge to make your organization's visual image shine. From photos of your building's interior to its exterior, from capturing your corporate events to capturing those corporate headshots, the pros at UPW are here to make sure that you and your company look fantastic. Visit us at www.unitedphotoworks.com today and receive twenty percent off your next session. Remember, that's unitedphotoworks.com.
4: Whatever happened to predictability? The milkman, the paperboy, evening TV.
5: And on the line joining us now is the newest member of the Detroit Red Wing Alumni Traveling Squad, Mr. Dave Couillé. Cooler, what's going on?
1: Oh, man, I'm enjoying uh, some nice cold weather here in the Detroit (laughs) (laughs) area. Was it
3: colder here or in Toronto?
1: Uh, It's definitely colder here.
3: What would he know? He was on the bench where it's warm. You got heaters (laughs) on the bench.
1: (laughs) That is that is true. You that weren't up in the deadly. crowd. You
3: weren't up in the crowd with me and and your wife freezing.
1: <laughs> so Dave, one of well, the we went to the we went to the you know the centennial game the next day and that was pretty cold sitting on those bleachers. But so I got my time in. <laughs> so
5: you know as we announced the lineup and that fantastic picture of you on the ice came out on the internet yesterday, and we said okay we've got to replace somebody. So we've got number ninety Dave Coulier. Replacing number thirty-seven, tool time, Tim Taylor. Tell me how you got the call to play on the team.
1: Well, they said we need a really slow old guy. We and have said, Eddie Meal. You know, I think I can fill. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can fill those skates.
5: So, is this your first official game, or have you skated with the alumni in official capacity before?
1: Yeah, I've skated with the alumni a bunch of different times. Um, been on a couple of the. The uh, the road trips out of town and uh, the guys were kind enough to let me skate in the the pre skate in Toronto uh, at the old Maple Leaf Gardens and that was a that was a big thrill for me and playing uh, playing uh, and looking over and realizing that the, my two choices to pass to are either Slava Kozlov or Nick Lidstrom <laughs> that's a pretty nice feeling for a kid from St Clair Shores Michigan.
5: You're you're not going to have those options in this game on Saturday, and you know it's a pretty competitive game,
1: correct? Yeah, I heard the Michigan skaters are pretty good, and <laughs> and uh, I, I was talking to Joey Kosher, and I said, well, then maybe you should replace me immediately.
6: <laughs> Dave, I wanted to ask you about the Heritage Classic on uh, on Sunday. I mean, you're behind the bench; you're one of the uh, uh, three coaches of that team, the Wings. Uh, the First two periods, you know, by all accounts, and I watched the game. were were kind of so so, but that third period really picked up, and the Red Wings uh, mounted that dramatic comeback. Shall we say, only to lose in overtime? But what's it like being a Detroit kid, as you said, being behind the bench? Whether it's, uh, uh, you know, there the Red Wings are playing a, uh, uh, or was it? It was the alumni game, right? Alumni, yeah, 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 yeah. You were behind the bench for the alumni game, and you see. You know, Draper going at it with Roberts, and, I mean, how competitive was that? Were you a bit surprised that, especially the way they they, uh, upped upped the pace in the, uh, uh, especially in the third period where Toronto made the the comeback?
1: Well, I'll tell you, you know, we, after the second period, I was sitting, uh, I opted not to go back into the dressing room, so I sat on the bench with Joey Kosher, Paul Coffey, and um, Chris Chelios. So we're standing there and they're they're making ice. The zamboni's going around and round and around, and we're kind of joking a little bit. And then all of a sudden, Coffee looks up. He, he looks at the scoreboard and he goes, "You know what? The hell with Toronto. I don't care if we're in their barn. We're going to beat these guys. Let's not let up." <laughs> at that point, I realized, okay, these guys really want to win. And then, uh, you know, we were me, Dave Lewis, Barry Smith, and Jimmy Jimmy B. We were we were kind of joking with the guys. But the third period. The whole tone changed. Everybody put their nose to the grindstone. And I watched the whole thing unfold with Draper. What happened was, is, uh, uh, Dino Cicerelli Dino, hit Markov Dino in the corner. Dino it, yeah. And Gary Roberts <laughs> saw that and didn't like that very much. And so, Drapes was the nearest guy to Gary Roberts, so he chopped Drapes, and then they had their little, you know, back-and-forth tennis match of chopping each other. And that really kind of set things off, and, and uh... Dino came back to the bench, and I looked at him. I said, you're a little fire starter. You started the whole thing. And he said, I hit him with a smile on my face.
3: (laughs) Hey, that's what Dino did best even when he played, okay? He was a (laughs) you-know-what disturber.
5: And then how surreal was it to have Kosar and Ty Domi breaking those guys up?
1: up. (laughs) 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 And Tiger Williams was right there. Joey said, I looked. I look one way and there's there's Tiger and I look the other way and there's
3: Domi and the three of us just started laughing. Yeah. And and, and Tiger's crazy to do something. And so I've played in charity games with Tiger before oh. and
1: I've seen him run some of the celebrity actor guys and it wasn't Jason Hervey.
3: Were you there at the Jason yeah. Hervey game in Aspen? He ran I was, up from across. I was there. <laughs> yeah. I was there. He, yeah. he ran up from yeah. across the ice and knocked him on my silly. Yeah. <laughs> You've yeah. had a lot. I was laughing. Oh. Jason didn't think it was too funny.
6: No, no, was he didn't. Even. <laughs> you know, talking to some of the Red Wing alums after, I think last year, the game in Colorado, where in the handshake line, the Colorado guys were saying, well, you know, we're, we are one up on you now. I mean, that they took it that seriously, which I think kind of stunned the Red Wings players like, dude, you know, this is like an exhibition game, you know, we, and, and that I, I think that. The Colorado game was almost a wake up call for for some of these Red Wing players because Toronto obviously was was real, uh, really wanted that game, and then Red Wings took that big lead. Uh, I guess, Dave, I wanted to ask you what was the environment like in BMO Stadium because usually nothing like it was at, in Michigan Stadium in Ann Arbor where or at Comerica Park where the alumni game was played. Uh, did you like that venue and and did you kind of get caught up in the moment?
1: Well, you know the the actual. Game experience that I got to be a part of was was incredible for me. Like I said, I, you know, I'm I'm looking down at these jerseys and I see Coffee and Chelios and Lidstrom and Lariano and Kozlov and Shanahan and I'm, you know, I'm just in awe of the whole thing. So, for me, being behind that bench and being able to spend just a little bit of time with those guys during that game was hockey heaven for me. You know, that's one of my top hockey stories I've done in my lifetime. I went to the game the next day when the Red Wings played the Maple Leafs and demo wasn't really set up to have that many people because, if you remember, at both ends of the, of the, the rink, they added 5,000 uh, bleacher seats on bleacher each seats, end. Yeah. So that's 10,000 extra people in that stadium. And, you know, the lines for the, the just to go to the John were, were you know, like the 40 minutes for crying <laughs> out loud. And then we got there and they ran out of pretzels. Uh, no. They, they ran out of hot dogs. And, uh, you know, so they weren't really set up. And, you know, I'm sure it's a learning process anytime you go into a new barn like that. But, you know, it was uh, an amazing experience.
3: And, now, uh, Art, when you said Toronto was serious, you know why they were serious? They lost both alumni games two years ago in, in Michigan here. Oh, right, America. right, right. There were two. So, they were, so they, were of- ready, they were ready to come back. And, and make sure they won at home.
1: It was
6: amazing how many ex leaf or leafs on that team played for Detroit. Granted, Boyer, Salming, Sittler, they were toward the end of their career, but there were, you know, there were guys that could have switched jerseys, oh, I yeah. guess, uh, yeah. you know, at, at halfway point of the game. Stevie Thomas. D- Dave, when you, you were in the handshake line with the leafs, I mean, it looked like it was pretty cordial where you weren't razzing them or anything. You were just shaking their hands. And I mean, obviously growing up in Detroit, with Hockey Night in Canada, you probably knew the Leafs almost as well as you know the Red Wings. Well, yeah,
1: sure, of course. And, you know, and over the years, those guys have, you know, both Maple Leafs and Red Wings have have done so much charity work, you know. And I I don't think you get enough credit for, you know, how much they help out the local communities. And they skated in my games at the, you know, at the Joe all those years when I had my charity hockey game. You know, and and it was it You know, um it, it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it was like, hey, you know, let's leave it on the ice, you know. So everybody, I think, was just happy to be out there playing in front of the fans. And, you know, I, it was great to see Al Iafredi. Uh I haven't seen Al in a number of years. And, you know, he's just a big, lovable teddy bear. And, you know, <laughs> Daryl Sittler, um, Tiger told some great stories. It was uh, Ty Domi. I've known him for years. He's a funny guy. And it was a... It was a great atmosphere. I, I've been to four of those outdoor games now, and uh, there, it's, it's a thrill every time. I, there hasn't been one bad game that I've been to.
3: Well, remember the dinner after the game, there was no fights that broke out at dinner at the Royal York, so <laughs> everything had to be cordial.
5: You know, one of the things, you're still immensely uh, popular, especially in this area, and we're blessed and privileged each year that you're able to come back for the Joe Kosar Foundation for the – Celebrity softball game. So with that and with your ongoing popularity, you know, with the show, with Full House and then Fuller House, you just got into the author business. Uh, It's my understanding you wrote a book about Jim Harbaugh. It was a children's book. (laughs) You mean Jimmy Booger? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) I knew I was mistaking something there.
1: Well, no one. No, it had written a book about a ten-year-old booger named Jimmy from Nova <laughs> Scotia. So I thought, you know, it's it's probably good timing. So tell us a little bit about
5: that book, how you got into it, and how how was that working out for you? <laughs>
4: well,
1: well, you know, I've been in family programming my whole career from Nickelodeon, and I've you know gone on to Full House and Fuller House, both family sitcoms, and I've done probably over seven hundred half hours of cartoon voices. I you know, I did a bunch of Muppet voices um, the real Ghostbusters cartoon. I still work on Voltron and um, Robot Chicken and China, Illinois, Adult Swim. So I've always been, you know, I've always done voices in my career. And so I, I've got to voice some really great characters. And I thought, you know, I, I, I've had these characters in my head for so long. And uh, so I just started kind of building the world and, and uh, ended up uh, writing all the music, I wrote 15 songs, and uh, it was just it was just a late romance. You know, I didn't I didn't expect it to be on the bestseller list, but kids really responded, and and uh, from what I've heard, the songs drive parents absolutely crazy, which is by design.
3: <laughs> hey, can you do my voice? <laughs> oh, oh, wait a second, Hey, cooler. <laughs> Boy, I'll
1: tell you, your wife is great. <laughs> he's just great. Oh, you know that guy comes down to me one more. I'm going to give him a two hand. Oh. I mean,
5: that nice. is
3: good. All right, yeah,
5: cooler. Don't forget to name <laughs> drop on this portion. <laughs> you got to tell
1: people who he's friends with. You know, it's it's. Not good to name-drop. Bruce Willis told me that. (laughs) (laughs) That's good.
6: Uh, uh, Dave, I want to ask you about Fuller House. Uh, I guess you weren't surprised that it was so well-received. You're in your second season. Um, How is it doing that again? And, you know, I I, I would imagine that I think the last time I talked to you was during the Joey Coaster softball thing. uh, did, Did an interview And this was before you had aired an episode, so it was like two years ago. And you said that when you step back on the set, it was like you never left.
1: Yeah, it's it's a bit surreal. And now uh, the second season, I went back and I directed our Christmas episode. And they moved us from uh, one studio back to our original um, stage at Warner Brothers, where we did the original show. We're back on stage 24. After us, it was the Friends soundstage, and then and then um, uh, Mike and Molly was after that, and now we're back there. And you want to talk about a surreal feeling being back at Warner Brothers, you know, driving to the same stage and being on that stage again, doing the same show all these years later. You know, I look at it as if it's it's a huge gift. Um, Very few shows can come back and and have the kind of audience uh that we have we just got picked up for our third season on Netflix uh we won the kids choice award last year uh we won another award that I can't really um talk about yet but in a couple of weeks they'll be giving us that award and um you know they should have called it full circle because that's kind of what we done. <laughs> that's a good that's good <laughs>
5: All right, Dave, we're going to let you go. We look circles. forward to seeing you on Saturday. Know that this is a, it's an important game.
3: Yeah, no beers before the game, Jules.
5: Yeah. And uh, we'll find a way well, to... Well, there uh,
3: goes my game.
5: <laughs> well, maybe we're going to have to put the beers into it to get his game going. Um, but, you know, they've announced their two goalies for U of M. It's going to be Marty Turco and Steve Shields. All right. That's, so it, it's that's going to terrible. be tough. So thanks young. for... Thanks for calling in. Uh, we will see you on Saturday. always appreciate the time.
3: Thank you. See you, Thank David. You guys. You're Thank the best. You You're the best, buddy. Much good, much good luck to you
1: and your families in 2017. I love you guys.
3: Thank you, David.
5: Thanks, Cooler. All right, with that, guys, I wanted to make a quick announcement of what our lineup actually is to face these. Uh, I'm not going to announce the University of Michigan lineup.
6: I Go want ahead. to predict that Eddie is up for the challenge against Shields and Turco.
3: My first two minutes, we're going to give him the two nothing lead and let Mally and let Malley work it a- and
6: Malicky.
5: And so, getting into that, we've got two coaches. Um, we're going to have Nick Libbit behind the bench again, which is great. Uh, I love we're, number fourteen. We're undefeated with Nick Libbit right now, and that's great. And then working with him is going to be Dave Lewis. So Louis back, oh, Louis coming back Louis, from Toronto. Louis, 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 uh, University of Michigan <laughs> alumni, and backing up Eddie and Goal will be number twenty nine, Greg Malicky. Um then from the University of Michigan and the NHL, Chris Tamer. And then we start going into our NHL alumni, Pat Peek, Wayne Presley, always good to have Elvis on that ice. He'll be the first one to tell you that. Um
4: <laughs> another
5: 1000 game guy, Brian Smolinski. We've got uh, another cup guy coming in, Brian Rolston. So he'll be um playing with the team. Wow. As we just talked about, number 90, Dave Kouye. Beautiful. Um full house Star and rabid Michigan fan. That's what uh, University of Michigan was tweeting out today. Had a picture of him from the old show on a, right, he had a Michigan, Michigan hockey sweater. Jersey, yeah. Yep. And then we go into our Red Wings. Eddie Meal, Brent Fedek, Jason Woolley, the offensive catalyst, the five-time All-Star.
1: Spartans
6: on John this. John O'Grodnick. On this line.
5: We're not going to mention that, R Oh,
6: okay.
1: no.
5: Right? And for the record, those Spartans what? also play for the Red Wings when we played the No, University I know. I, I, I'm
3: just saying they did, but well, can that's, I finish why, they're pl- that's the why they're playing the game. Spartans want back at Michigan.
6: (laughs) Well, the Michigan's going to play for
5: keeps. (laughs) All right, so Woolly Ogrodnik, and then Stanley Cupper Klima, Stanley Cupper Fisher. Wow. Uh, We're going to have Mike Knubel, who's a Michigan and a Stanley Cup guy. Four-time Stanley Cup champion Joe Koser is going to be the enforcer out there. Then we've got... College guys don't fight.
6: (sighs) Because they wear that cage, right? That's right. That's right.
5: (laughs) And then another four-time Stanley Cup winner, Larry Murphy, member of the Hall of Fame, is going to play...
6: Murph, love him.
5: And then rounding out our squad is two-time Olympic, uh, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Michael
6: Phelps? And
5: he, <laughs> remember the Hockey Hall of Fame, Mickey Redmond's oh, going to play with
6: us. So. That's better than
5: Michael Phelps. And that Phelps. lineup is going to hurt. <laughs> that lineup, you know what? We're, we're looking through, and we'll have Red talk a little bit about oh, the lineup. Yeah. And we're going to take another short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Red Berenson, head coach of the University of Michigan Wolverine
7: hockey team. I'm Jeff Morton from Pain-Free Life Centers. I'm here with former Detroit Tiger pitcher, Dave Rosemont. Dave, how long did it take before you noticed any benefits from laser therapy? The first day. That's awesome. And how how did you feel?
8: It it gives you a positive attitude. Emotionally, I felt better. Flexibility in my knee. And the most important thing, I felt less pain.
7: And as an athlete, you'd be an authority on pain.
8: I use my body a lot. I do a lot of batting practice at Comerica. And it made my knee flexible, felt stronger, It feels good to me, and the pain was gone.
7: So now you've heard from an authority on pain. So what's your excuse? I challenge you to pick up the phone and start living a better quality of life pain-free. Call 248-879-1100 or go to painfreelifecenters.com. We're so confident in what we do. We're going to give you a free consultation and a free treatment. So Dave, what would you say to somebody suffering from pain?
8: Try it for yourself, because it helped me, and I'm sure it's going to help you
7: painfreelifecenters.com do it today.
8: I'm Thad Zot with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram.
5: During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases
2: starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at seventeen nine. dollars Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But dealsinthed.com is on 24-7,
1: Get there. And that's the
0: end of the second period. And now it's time for Game Day Trivia, brought to you by United Photo Works. Tonight's question Which Detroit based photography company has worked with the Red Wings alumni? Companies like Ford, Shinola, and Our Detroit, and been the exclusive photographers of the Joe Koser Celebrity Softball Series for the past seven years. The answer is United Photo Works. Visit them today at UnitedPhotoWorks.com. Remember, folks, that's UnitedPhotoWorks.com
5: and on the line right now joining us on the Red Wing alumni podcast is the University of Michigan head coach for hockey Red Berenson Red how are you sir I'm real good. How are you? You know what? I can't complain. Uh I'm a little bit sick to my stomach looking at this powerful lineup that you've now put together.
4: <laughs> you know Well, I mean it's it's kind of a sign of uh of support and uh for a teammate and we're we're really thrilled that uh, we've had such a great response from the Michigan hockey family stepping up for uh one of their teammates, Scotty Matsco.
3: <clears throat> Red, this is Eddie Meal here. Uh, you're really going to make it tough on my first two minutes of the game.
4: <laughs> okay? My first <laughs> well, two
3: minutes, I'm going to give you a 2 nothing lead, and then we're going to come back after you.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, we've got about three. We've got four goalies in our lineup, Eddie. I, I don't know which ones are going to play goal or which ones are going to play out. Well, they've but they we've might, got Marty Turco, LJ Turpace, Josh yeah. Blackburn. And uh, Kevin O'Malley, so we've got four former Michigan goalies in our lineup.
3: Well, you actually got five, but one's playing for us, and I know you're upset about that because he was with you for two years behind Marty um, for the NCAA championships. Uh, uh, our good, our good buddy Greg
4: Malicki. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Well, good. These goalies are they're loyal. They they show up. You know, I was coaching in the st louis alumni game this weekend uh against chicago alumni michael was had been our goalie in st louis when i was coaching there and he said uh red he said you remember how much i did not like to get pulled in a game and i said <laughs> yeah he said i've changed my mind told <laughs> <me."> <laughs> while you watch
3: me those first two minutes i'll be pulling myself yeah, with the, right. with the with the squad that you have, but uh, no. Hey, did you uh, meanwhile did you ever did you bench
4: Wayne in that game? No, I I just ran the defenseman, and I had a pretty good <laughs> crew there, and, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a couple of coaches behind the bench besides me on Saturday. But it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're really uh, Im- impressed with the Red Wings alumni that they've got a good showing coming out for a game like this, and. We hope we can re- return the favor at some point. Well, uh,
3: we'll have a lot of fun.
6: Red art Regner here, I just want to wish you first a happy new year and I guess when I looked at, at Michigan's lineup and nothing against Eddie and, and the Red Wings, but it, it almost looked like I, I thought you were thinking you were playing the real Red Wings there for a second. I mean this is a, a lineup, but you but you said that it's out to support Scott. Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, about uh, uh, the, the, this function and and how uh, once again Michigan rallies behind their own.
4: Well, Scotty Matsko was a freshman in 98 when we won the national championship, uh, in, in, uh, in Boston against Boston College. And, uh, he was a, he was a great skater. He was a great student. And, uh, he played most of his pro career in Europe. And then he came back and he, he got a good job. And he's got a nice family and they're living over on the west side of the state. And, uh, geez, all of a sudden he wasn't feeling well and he got checked up and sure enough, he had uh, ALS, and uh, and so the word spread throughout the Michigan hockey community, and people have stepped up and, and done everything they can to help, and I, I could go on and on about that, but nevertheless, uh, we decided we've got to do something as a university, and, and having this game is kind of the best way that we know of, is, is to get the hockey people together, and they all support each other, Uh, we've been, we've been big red wing fans and supporters for a long time. So it just made sense that we asked the red wings if they would do this and, uh, and they've been great about it. So, uh, it's all for a good cause. I know our fans are going to show up. It's going to be a good crowd and, uh, and we're really looking forward to everybody's going to have a lot of fun and it's going to benefit, uh, a a real worthy, uh, person and a worthy cause.
5: Red, how Difficult. Do you think the children of Yost are going to be on the Red Wing alumni?
4: I don't think they're going to be bad. I mean, they're Red Wing fans too, so I think they're going to be cheering for both teams. And this is going to be a—it's uh, not going to be the the competitive uh, uh, environment that you see in a normal Division One college game. This is going to be an alumni game, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I think everybody's going to feel like they're playing at home.
3: I don't know about that, Red, because two years ago, remember that 19 seconds left, face-off in our zone, we were up four, five to four when you called a little meeting on the guys on the ice, and then you won that face off. You <laughs> yeah, won the face off. That was against yeah, Toronto. Well, You're right.
4: <laughs> that was against Toronto. We we had to we had to win that game. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah,
6: you know, I mean, that, and that was actually the talk of that game was Red taking that
4: face off and winning. Absolutely. Yeah,
3: uh, no, but telling the guys where to go. Yeah. I, okay? Well, he's a coach. He was, yeah, he was telling them, and he won the face off.
4: Yeah, but well, I still we had a made good group there, everybody, and everybody dug in, too. It, was, it wasn't just me. I was, I, know. I was kind of just orchestrating everybody. We knew what to do, and we were going to win the draw and, and not let them score, and our goalie made a save. You remember that? That was me. That was you. That's right.
3: <laughs>
6: I knew there was oh, a no point to you telling yes. that story, if you,
3: if you didn't mention that, I was going to
4: remind you. Oh, no, there was a save. They're darn right, uh, but at least you got to see the puck and uh, stopped, and everybody felt good about it. No,
3: that, but but what, what I was trying to mention is that everybody talked about it even after the uh, after the game in the dress room. How you orchestrated that and it worked, and we did. Yeah, everybody did good. their part. Red with um with Mickey
5: coming into Yoast and he's skating up and lacing him up. And you had played with Mickey back at Olympia. Did you ever think about? throwing the skates on for this game?
4: Yeah, I thought about it. I, I skate with our team on a regular basis, but I thought this would be a good time. We've got lots of players, and, uh, you know, I'm about 10 years older than Mickey, so he's. I'm I'm glad he's still young and still playing. I could play if I had to, but I feel fortunate that uh, we've got all these young guys that are going to play, and it, it's, it's going to be a young guy's game. In fact, just about every one of these players are players I coached with. There's nobody here that I played with except Mickey. Red, when you, uh, I, I want to ask you if you look at
6: NHL rosters, uh, uh, today's NHL rosters, there's quite a few Michigan players, uh, players that you coach that are on NHL rosters, several of whom are, 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 actually, uh, impact players. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, Zach Hyman is doing wonderful things in Toronto. Obviously, Dylan Larkin is, Almost a legend here in Detroit because he's not only a Michigan guy but a but a Detroit kid as well. But the kid that I think that has really turned the NHL uh, on its ear, so to speak, is what uh, Zach Wierenski is doing down in Columbus. And now they've won what 15 games in a row. They're on the, sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, last night they did win sixteen games in a row. Um, I mean, I think we all knew, and you know, and he left early, and and I know you want guys to stay in school. Yet, uh, how impressed are you by what some of your former Wolverines are doing at the next level?
4: Well, I'm always impressed and, and I'm pleased for them. Uh, you know, it, it's been, it was our dream. And I know a lot of the guys that uh, will be in this game had the same dream. And, and, uh, and, and a lot of them got to play in the NHL. Uh, it's nice to see we've got close to 20 players currently on NHL rosters. And, uh, it's good to see them play. It's good to see them show what they can do. Uh, a kid like Zach Wierenski is, he's an exceptional player. And, uh, just like Dylan Larkin, I mean, these guys, uh, Dylan played one year at Michigan. Uh, Jacob Truba played one year and, uh, and, and Zach Wierenski played two. And I think he was. Uh, as a defenseman, everybody knows it's a little uh, difficult to make it, but, uh, both Truba and Warhinsky were impact players. So it, it, I'm glad for Zach and he's doing there what he did here. And, uh, so is Dylan. So good for them. And so is Zach Hyman. You know, Zach Hyman was a workhorse player here and he's doing that in Toronto. So I'm happy for those guys. And, uh, the, you know, that's, that's part of their development. And I, I know in some cases they'll come back and finish school just like Jack Johnson is.
3: Yeah but that's also a credit to you and your coaching staff and what you do at the University of Michigan.
4: Well, I'm I'm glad I'm lucky to be at Michigan too. You know, this has been a it was a good move for me when I was a student athlete coming to a school like Michigan and uh we we didn't have the expectations of making the NHL then, but I was lucky and now I can at least uh, encourage these guys and give them an idea what it takes uh to do well here, what it takes to get better and then uh, what it takes to stay at the next level you know i think a lot of guys get a a cup of coffee there but when you can get there and stay there uh that's a good that's a good statement and i think a lot of these kids are that's what they're trying to do and and there'll be players in this game i think playing for you guys like mike kanubo that uh had a good year four-year career at michigan and then went on and had a, a more than a thousand game career in in the nhl so we were really happy for Mike and his career, and now he's retired. Now we're going to be recruiting his son, so uh, the wheel keeps the wheel keeps turning. So you're not you're not mad that he's playing for the Red Wings? No, I'm glad he's coming. You know, Mike's a tremendous. guy. He's a and, great guy. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll find a way to find the back of the net while he's here.
6: Red, you're you're one of the trailblazers as far as collegians going into the NHL,
4: and I am curious how. I
6: don't know if, if proud is the right word to, to describe it, but how are, do you feel when you now see the impact that college hockey has had on the NHL?
4: Well, I don't think it was because of me, but it was a move, kind of a movement at that time when uh, college hockey was getting a little stronger and, uh, and, and we were being asked to make a choice. And I got some pretty good advice from some former NHL players that a kid, just go to school. If you're going to make it, you'll make it. And uh, and I took that to heart, and I looked around, and, you know, the player that came up the year before me was Red Hay, Bill Red Hay, really? played yeah. for the Blackhawks. And uh, he'd been a Regina kid, too, from the same city and played for the same junior team. So, you know, he'd done it. Uh, then I got to do it, and then after that, it was Tony Esposito and, and Keith Magnuson and all those. There, there was one after another, and pretty soon, you know, right now there's a third of the players in the NHL have played college. And to make it even better, more than half of the Pittsburgh lineup that won the Stanley Cup last year had had college hockey ties. So that was that's good for college hockey. Absolutely.
3: And uh, I'm trying to tell them, Red, uh, uh, Newman here and uh, Art, the Colorado College was the Harvard of the West. Bill Hay went to Colorado College. <laughs> I said that's Michigan's the Harvard of the no. West.
4: Michigan still it was, East. It, it, was a, it was a great school, and uh, Bill Hay got there, and he yeah. and another guy from Saskatoon uh, came down there. He ended up being a doctor, and Hay ended up graduating in geology, but uh, they turned that program, and that became yeah. one of the top schools in the country. as a hockey program. That was, all, uh, that was my alma mater. Boy, well, there you are.
3: I, I played at Colorado College. Yep, good for Red, you,
5: Red. We look forward to coming out there on Saturday and appreciate your hospitality at Yost and thank you so much for calling in today. And we are absolutely looking forward once again to coming out and seeing you guys on well, Saturday. Well,
4: we're, we're looking forward to it too, and I hope you bring some of your Red Wing fans. They know where Yost Ice Arena is, and they'll enjoy watching you guys play as much as we will. Absolutely. So thanks, thanks again, guys. Thanks, thanks, Red. Thanks, Red. Looking okay. forward to see you on Saturday. See you Saturday. Yep. Bye bye.
6: Red, real quick he's almost as quick as Ken Holland off the phone
5: yeah it's very but you well, know we were very fortunate when the um, U of M director of hockey operations said you know do you want Red and I was like yes and they oh, was like Here, here's your window and I was like you know it, it's such an honor with a guy with that kind of lineage anybody that played for the Quebec Aces you know back in the 60s that's somebody you want on your hockey trivia program.
3: who did Red get traded for
6: oh I know Gary Unger Wayne Connolly.
3: That was another guy.
6: And let's see, there was Tim Ecclestone. No, no, he came
3: oh, with red. He came red. Uh, yeah, we came were right talking about Wait.
6: that on the bus because Gary Unger
5: played in the alumni game also. Gary oh, no, and,
3: he did not. Yes, he did. I've got the no, pictures. Well, Wayne told me they he might have No, no Not the St. Talking, Louis, the Red
6: Wing game. Two oh, years, the Red yeah, wing. Yeah, But yeah, no, no red wing Wayne
3: game. told me on Sunday there's an NHL rule after the Allen Thick incident. Gary Unger was supposed to suit up for St. Louis alumni game. Yeah. And the NHL came in and said, You can't play. Really? He's, he's six, he's over 60. Oh, over 60. Yeah. Uh, so then Wayne said to me, He says, I'm sorry, you might not be able to play in my last game. But wait <laughs> a minute. No. <laughs> I said, I'm only 59. Mickey just played in Toronto. I know. It's just, it, but this is what and Wayne I, told me in St. Louis, uh, and they didn't Fisher's let Gary. Playing, in. And, you know, we, yeah, he, and he was he's talking not 60. age. Yeah, hey, right, right, right. They've, hey. they've kind of put because of insurance purposes. And you, I are we
5: about to lose our goalie?
3: Yeah, yeah.
5: Because well, you, that's turned. odd. Yeah, it's very odd. I didn't hear about it.
3: Well, that's what Wayne. Unless he was kidding me because of my age and in his fantasy camp, but he told me they came into the dressing room and he wouldn't lie about that. I mean, why would he bring up Gary Unger? He just he he happened to say that the NHL said, you know, and then but you make a point. Mickey Redmond got out there. Maybe he signed a waiver. That could be. Well, I,
6: you know, I, when Red, I I got to know, I was one of the only people when Red was hired as Michigan's coach. I was at his press conference. Me, I think Jim Knocker, the Ann Arbor News, Don Canham and Red. That was about it, you know? And, uh, so I've known him a long time. I really have a a lot of respect. So once I really got to know him, I said, you know, you were part of one of the most unpopular trades in Red Wing history because Gary Unger had the hair and all the girls loved him and all that kind of stuff. And then he looked at me and said, don't kid yourself. It was very unpopular in St. Louis too. He was like the captain. And oh he, yeah, yeah. He scored the six goals in a game, and yeah. he
5: told me well, who. Who did we trade um, who was Oh, uh, no, Tony McEveigh
6: for Adam Oates. For Adam oh, for Oates. Oates. Yeah, Oates. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he told me that the reason that trade happened, why St. Louis was wanting to get rid of him, because he was very active in the players' union. Red was.
5: Yes, yes. Um, and speaking of that, real quick transition to red we have less than two minutes and i wanted to ask both of your thoughts does red kelly should he go up to the rafters
6: it is a red wing no question about it no question about what, it
3: and they introduced him on the uh on the ice okay on the mm-hmm. top 33 yes do you realize he's the only guy that's won four Stanley Cups with two teams right i mean he, he he's got two two stanley i mean four eight stanley cups four with the red wings And four with Toronto. Four with the Red Wings as a defenseman. Four with Toronto as a forward. forward.
6: And And the thing is, is that, you know, maybe I loved Bobby Orr. He was probably, in my heyday, still the best hockey player I've ever seen. I mean, Wayne's right up there, though, too. I mean, you know, Mario Lemieux, there's a lot of great hockey players. But my point being is this, is that he was the first Norris Trophy winner, and I always say that he was kind of Bobby Orr before Bobby Orr because he was an offensive-minded defenseman. So, in a way, he kind of set the table – for the next generation of players, it's beyond me that his number four is not retired by the Red Wings.
3: And that's a, that's a good point. I mean, uh, you could even say Bill Gadsby. Right? Yeah. Gadsby. He most of his career was with the Rangers, though, right? I mean, no, he played he played here a little bit more. Gadsby, yeah, yeah, he well, played like here like
6: five six years. You know what, it, it, but this is back when is, there were only six teams listen, to play
3: for. You know it. what? And and you're right. I, we could we could make a case for a lot of guys, right? But, but there's not not a lot of not a lot of room up there. Well, I'm telling there you. There is guys that should be up
6: there. There's two players for sure Red Kelly and Sergey. No doubt.
3: You know what? I agree with you there. Both, both right there. I, I, agree I agree also. And with that,
5: you know what? Next show, um, we've got two games coming up January 20th, 21st. If you're looking for us on Twitter, you can find us at Red Wing Alumni. Look for us on Facebook. Um, but, Next show, let's uh, let's talk about that. Of sure. Who should be going up in the new stadium? Once again, I want to thank Mike Knubel for calling in, Dave Coulier, and of course, Red Berenson. Always great to have Eddie in studio, and I appreciate it more than ever when Art's able to sit in to um, uh, I love show it. me how a professional does it. Oh. So, with that, um, hopefully, we'll up. see. You You're you talking on, about <laughs> Jessica, then, yeah, right? Yeah. We'll yeah. see, you. It it and of Jessica. course. <laughs> We will see you on Saturday at Yo 7.30 Puck Drop. The festivities really start at 7. Come on out. Tickets are inexpensive. They're like $15, but I know it is going to sell out quick. So once again, thanks to Jessica for producing, and we will talk to you all soon.